Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. Story of Captain Robert Dollar, who first saw light of day in the little Scottish town of Falkirk back in 1844. A score of years later, his family left Scotland and came to Ottawa, Canada. We first meet the future ship magnet as a lean, tall lad working in a lumber camp some 200 miles away from his new Canadian home. I'm happy and strong. Yeah, you're right there, Dollar, my boy. It does. But I'm going to rest a bit. Not me. I've work to do. What's that you've got there? And so, you see, I have figuring to do. And being a hay of paper, I do my figure on these chips of bark. Figuring, huh? What kind of figuring? Arithmetic, mainly. Yeah, I'm learning to work problems. <laughs> what for? Well, look, you man. You see, you use a whetstone for making your axe keen, don't you? Sure. So I'm learning figuring to sharp on my wits. <laughs> a lot of good that'll do a lumberjack. I don't intend being a woodsman all my life. No? I hear strong desire to go to sea. You mean be a sailor? Well, mayhap. I can't see my blood. For generations my people have sailed the sea. Well, these timberlands are good enough for me. When your wits get sharp enough, you, you better see the big boss. I hear he's figuring on cutting down the overhead. Maybe he can use you for figuring instead of hacking away at these trees. <laughs> Here comes that big one. Robert Dollar goes on with his figuring. And as the years roll by, he gives up lumberjacking, invests his hard-earned savings in a tract of virgin timberland. All goes well until the fatal Black Friday in 1869. The market reels and totters and prices crash like a falling tree. Robert Dollar is wiped out. Then he meets a pretty Canadian girl, Margaret Proudfoot. Falls in love with her and in spite of financial difficulties, they are married. In three years, he recoups his losses. Six years later... We are in his home in Marquette, Michigan, where he now owns a vast stretch of timberland. Margaret, how'd you like to go to California? Bob Dollar, go touring the country and leave the children home. No, Margaret, I mean move to California. Bag, baggage, and family. But who'd look after your lumber business? Well, uh, what would you do if I told you I had an offer to sell our acreage here? Bob, are you serious? Margaret, do you ken that California's right spot on the ocean? Well, of course I know it is. Bob Dollar, do you mean to say you still want to be a sailor? <laughs> oh, it's been in the blood for generations, Margaret. Well, then why not buy a boat and sail it on Lake Michigan? Uh, why do you think I've stayed in the lumber business? To make money to support us. Well, I'll make it simple. Ever since I was a baron, I've had one idea. The lumber business and shipping are no so far apart as you may think. Why not combine the two of them? California has the finest redwood timber in the world. But to ship the timber costs a lot of money. Money the other man makes who owns a ship or two. Oh, you'll buy some boats and do your own shipping. Ah, that's it. 
The possibilities for building a fine shipping line on the Pacific Coast are unlimited. There's not only lumber, but gold, fruit, vegetables. Anything you can load under a hatch and carry to sea with you. How does it sound to you, Margaret? Well, Bob, I think you're always right. Oh, I can see it all so clearly. A fleet of trim, clean ships sailing and arriving on schedule. <laughs> sailing around the world, maybe. That's what I want. Following the footsteps of my ancestors. <laughs> the wholehearted support of his wife and three sons, Robert Dollar organizes a shipping line on the Pacific Coast. His first ship is a small schooner which he names the Newsboy. One winter day off the coast of Northern California. Well, Mr. Dollar, this is weather. Hey, Captain Fosson, heavy weather. Yeah, this is the kind of a sea which makes a man sorry he ever bought a small ship, isn't it? Yes, I've told you before. The newsboy may only be 260 ton, but she's my fleet. If we ever get to shore, we try to put in at Eureka and Westport. Now, if I reckon right, we're just off Fort Bragg. It looks like Bragg over there. Uh, Let me have your glasses, sir. Thanks. Yes, it is. Wait a minute. They're hoisting signal flags. Eh? What kind of signal flags? They're telling us not to land. Not land? Why, Chris... We can't just stay out here wallowing in the sea. It might be better than piling up on those reefs. Yeah, that's what we're doing, Captain Fawson. How to punch? Reefs the shoulders. Full speed ahead. Fawson, pipe all hands to stand by. I think we're split wide open. We're right on top of the reef. I've got to take those men out of the engine room. Here, give me the speaking tube. Out of the engine room? Boys, get top side as fast as you can. I think we're going to go. Okay, see what you can do. I'll help them in once the boat. Hi, Mr. Dollar. Look out. Look out. A covert's going to hit it. Hang on, everybody. Hang on. which is so miraculously saved from a watery doom, Dollar adds more and more ships until his name is known in every port of the seven seas. As the years pass, this tall, white-haired man inspires confidence. His friends are legion. Now, 70 years old, most men would think it time to retire from the shipping trade. But not Robert Dollar. He is dissatisfied with the new maritime laws of the United States, which permit only government vessels to sail under the colors of the American flag. No one realizes better than Robert Dollar what a national calamity this is. But not until the Great War begins in 1914 does he see his chance to get the government to bring about the changes so badly needed. One morning in the Merchants' Exchange in San Francisco... Well, blast my eyes, Captain Dollar. How's everything faring with you this morning? Never better, Frobisher, never better. Except for one thing. 
I want to talk to you about the spot we're in because of those unfair regulations the government's imposed on the shipping trade. And do you want to turn politician on us, Captain? No, bad Joe, I don't. But look, you man, war going on in Europe? All our rightfully owned American ships, only under a foreign registry, tied up all over the world. Yes, I know. But what can we do? Politicians in Washington have made it the law. Oh, but hang it all, man. It's only a matter of common sense. Here we are, supplying the world with commodities. Paying up our good money because we're forced to use foreign registry. And all of us ship owners should be allowed to run up the American flag on every one of our vessels. All right, Captain, go ahead. Well, why don't you come to Washington with me and talk it over with Secretary McAdoo and President Wilson? But will they listen to us? We'll make them listen. And every American ship owner has got to get behind this policy. Remember this, Frobisher. There can never be a great America without an American merchant marine. Now let that sink in. There can never be a great America without an American merchant marine. without an American merchant marine, gentlemen. And so, Mr. President Wilson, Mr. Secretary of Treasury, McAdoo, and gentlemen, I say to you that this is an emergency. Something must be done to release the cargoes now tied up and put the American flag back on every American-owned ship. Mr. President. Mr. J.P. Morgan. Mr. President, I heartily approve of all that has just been said by Captain Dollar. And to help things get started, I extend to you, on behalf of J.P. Morgan and Company... A credit of $100 million to help buy bills of exchange to float the cargoes now frozen in practically every port in the world. It'll take $25 million, Mr. President. Yeah, I'll subscribe another $10 million for our company. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, I'm dumbfounded. I thought I must admit that this problem was impossible of solution. But half of it is solved right now. Mr. Dollar, if you will, with the consent of the Secretary of the Treasury... Select three other owners to constitute a committee, and you four gentlemen will go into a conference at once and draft a bill to bring American shipping back to America. I will have that bill passed in both House and the Senate by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And so, through the efforts of Captain Robert Dollar, American shipping is rightfully restored to America. Years pass. The dollar line expands and grows, solidly entrenched in the annals of American maritime history. One night, his devoted wife comes to his office to drive him out to his San Rafael home. She finds him standing by the window, gazing out into the twilight, drinking in the panorama of the harbor, the proud stacks of American steamers. At the age of 91, this sight enthralls him as much as his boyish dreams. It's all there before you, Robert, isn't it? Eh? Oh, tis you, Mother. All your dreams. Aye. Almost as I dreamed them. It's all reality now. Not only to me, but to thousands of people. Some of them who never heard of America before. You've raised a fine family of boys, too, Robert. No finer in the world, Margaret. No finer. What's bothering you tonight? Bothering me? Nothing. Nothing at all, except I'm just starting to feel the need of a rest for the first time in my life. You work too hard. <laughs> uh, here, Mother. Let me take your hand. Mm. <laughs> Robert, don't go pulling me down in your lap. <laughs> now, you just sit here quiet, Margaret, and we'll watch this day fade into darkness together. Thank you.
boy from Scotland who started life as a lumberjack, but in whose soul was the call of the sea fulfilled his destiny. A lifetime of proud achievement. Robert Dollar, Captain of Industry. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.